Hey friend, two things before we giddy up today in honor of my little precious number three turning 13, I am doing a giveaway. I want to make sure that you are entered into this contest. I'm awarding one of you a $100 gift card from Athleta. The new bathing suits are out now and they are adorable and I want you to be ready for summer. So go ahead and click the plus sign at the top right. If you're an Apple podcast, there's a plus sign and that will allow you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And then what you'll need to do is scroll down past the episodes that are listed and then you will see stars where you can do a rating and also write a review. So that's part of getting entered into this giveaway. And then I'm gonna link the post below in the show notes that you can click on and make sure that you are entered. You will be entered four times if you snap a picture of your review and post in social media. Don't forget to tag me at Life Coach BFF. I'm going to be announcing the winner, and I'm so pumped about this on the April 8th episode. This giveaway, if you are the winner, you will need to contact me and let me know that you're the winner so I can get the card to you and you can get yourself ready for the summer. We're almost there. So make sure that you get entered, tell your friends, and good luck. Okay, the second thing is that I want to thank Edwin and his team at Mercedes-Benz of Music City in Nashville, Tennessee for sponsoring this episode. They see the world differently than most, which is why they don't just sell cars, they support causes. Since opening in 2017, their heart has been centered around supporting women and families because they care. They are independently owned, And they focus on providing top quality customer service with an extensive selection of new and pre-owned vehicles. Most recently, they hosted Nashville anti-human trafficking and helped them raise over $500,000. Visit them online at mbofmc.com or drop in their located one exit from the BNA airport or call Edwin Vickery, their GM directly at 615-525-2127. Thanks again to Edwin and his team at Mercedes-Benz of Music City. Hey y'all, welcome to Life Coach BFF show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media and the ACT, as well as the act, frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transform my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God, find beauty in the brokenness, triumphs through the trials of parenting teens, all the while finding joy in establishing balance. I'm your new BFF, Heather, and you're not lonely anymore. We're in this together. Get your axe spray out, pick up those dirty gym socks, put your lip gloss on, and let's do this. Okay, it's 
so good to be back with you today. If this is your first time listening, I'm Heather and I am your new BFF. And I'm also lucky enough to be the host of this show. So many things I want to talk about today. I'm sitting here in the sunshine. It's streaming in the window. Beautiful outside. I'm an hour away from pickup. (laughs) So our weekend is about to get cranked up here in Tennessee. We have big plans for the weekend. I don't know about you. We'll be doing lots of soccer with two boys. And the guys are going to a Grizzly game. So we're pretty pumped about the weekend. All right, let's talk about last weekend. Last weekend was so fun. I've gotten so many messages from many of you and friends and family. Everybody has been so kind. And if you did not see anything about this in our social media, I was fortunate enough to be interviewed. And I'm so grateful by CNN. Susan Hendricks, the Weekend Express headline news. So it was so much fun. Susan was gracious. We visited about the podcast and how I got started and why I started a podcast. (laughs) So if you don't know and you haven't heard the story, I'll give you a shortened version. These will be the cliff notes. But if you want to go watch the interview, you can go to the website. It's lifecoachbff.com is the first thing that you will see. We're pretty proud of it. So anyway, the reason that I started this podcast, let me go back. This has been pretty emotional. This whole past week, I have to tell you, has been pretty emotional. Stephanie Pletka had me on her podcast as a guest last week on Motherhood Mindset. And this was the topic of one of the episodes that we recorded After that dropped, her team chose a clip of my voice advertising for the episode where I talked about moving and relocating with my family, my husband, four children, two were teenagers at the time, two were one preschool, one elementary age, and I talked about what a difficult time that was for me. So CNN... After they had invited me to be on the interview, they heard about this other topic about me moving, (laughs) which I don't think they knew about when they originally asked me to come on. So Stephanie's team put that out. Then we added a new intro to the podcast, which where I talk about my move and what a struggle it was. So by the time Saturday rolled around and I got on with CNN, they wanted to talk about what a struggle it was. And it just kind of brought up all those emotions. It's been almost six years ago. And I'm going to tell you, like I said, when we moved, we moved four hours away from family and friends in a small Mississippi town where we had lived for 19 years. We had built a home, built a business, and It was very challenging to leave all these people behind, move somewhere where you don't know anyone and find all the things all over again. And when I say all the things and do all the things, I mean all the things. So I had to find schools, gas stations, grocery stores. I can go on and on and on. And there were days where I would 
take the kids to school, come back, unpack boxes, and not see anyone that I knew for several days besides my family. And it was very, very, very lonely. So I talked about this in the interview, both interviews, and the fact that there were days that I did go in the closet and I did cry and I did struggle and it just was tough. It was so tough. And I'm sharing this with you because this year, well, every year, there the statistics show that there are 15.3 million households in America that move, that relocate, and most are out of town. So there are a lot of women out there. There are a lot of moms out there. You may have recently moved. Maybe you're considering moving. And if you are, you need to get emotionally ramped up for this. <laughs> you need to start taking your mental health vitamins because it is, it's going to be challenging. It is. So um, I started investigating this and I found on verywellfamily.com a little article and I thought I can so relate to this. So the title is how moving affects parents. It's not like we as parents have nothing to think about. Change is hard for us. We must settle into a new community, new job or new relationships. All this change interferes with everything we do automatically in our lives. Our patterns of behavior are disrupted. The routine becomes effortful, draining our energy to deal with all the new challenges we must face constantly, including our kids' rapidly changing brains. So if you move with children, I mean, that just, that brings on a whole new challenge. Change is hard other than dealing with the loss of a loved one or a serious family disruption. Moving is perhaps the most challenging change that we as adults and our children face. Why is change so difficult? The answer is simple. The human brain does not like change. We grow to depend on or to attach to that which is familiar and this gives us a sense of security. Change is possible and even desirable at times, but the unfamiliar upsets us. Driving out of the deepening tracks forces us to screech and spin our wheels. Yes, it does. <laughs> this change triggers the more basic portions of our brains, our emotional and body control centers to resist. Okay, get this. We breathe hard, increase our heart rate, become agitated, cry, and possibly even scream. I don't remember if I screamed or not. Maybe I did. I probably did. I, you know what? I think I did one time when I was home by myself. I think I probably did just scream into a pillow. I really think I did. Of course, this exposure to the unfamiliar is crucial for our existence. It forces us to learn new things or handle new challenges. Our brains change based on our experience. We learn and hopefully become more resilient over time. But all of this work going on inside our heads is <laughs> exhausting. And it is, it's so exhausting. You just forget how when you're in a familiar environment, 
your brain is on autopilot a lot of times. You know how you've gotten in your car and you keep driving and all of a sudden you think, oh, I missed the turn because your brain starts taking you somewhere else on autopilot. I mean, it just goes to a different location mentally, or I guess visually in your head. A move to a new location bombards our brains with new unfamiliar experiences. Prior to our move, we experience so much of our lives automatically without thinking. We take so much for granted, our surroundings, familiar paths, we travel, familiar faces. I can remember saying, I just want to see a familiar face. Schedule and how these elements of our existence respond to us. This leaves us with abundant energy to tackle new tasks, explore new experiences, or challenge our development. With a move, we must devote so much of our energy to making the unfamiliar familiar again. In simple terms, with change, our brains are swirling, dealing with the unfamiliar, revving up our emotions, and depleting our energy to learn new things and face formerly, form, I can't talk, formerly <laughs> automatic new tasks and experiences. So it, I wish I'd read this article before my move. It would have helped prepare me, but that's what we talked about on CNN. We talked about my move and how as women, we need to come together as a community and support each other. And what keeps us from supporting one another is that we are not allowing each other in. We fear being judged. We fear our children being judged. We fear our husbands being judged. We stay home. We stay behind these closed doors. And instead of doing that, we need to reach out to each other and lean in, support each other. Because we can do hard things, ladies. We can do hard things. We've done it. We can do it again. And it just, the whole experience of moving, I have met people that I would have never known before. The podcasting started because I was extremely lonely. My oldest daughter brought home a friend from college. She was talking about a podcast. I am embarrassed to say this, but I had no idea how to listen to a podcast. So I looked it up and the first friendly face that I saw was a lady in Texas. And I began listening to her all the time. Her voice was soothing to me. She became like a best friend. And I talked to one of my BFFs and I said, look, I want to do this. I want a podcast and I want to be the person to someone that this lady has been to me. So BFF Susan and I originally started this podcast together. We have interviewed some wonderful women. So great. And Susan decided that podcasting was not for her. She would rather be digging in the dirt and gardening and not be under a podcast schedule. So she decided not to podcast, but I am enjoying myself and loving being with you and having a ball. So here we are. That was the CNN interview. It was so much fun. I'm so grateful for the time and opportunity with the producers and Susan Hendricks and the whole CNN staff. They were great. So that is that. Oh, and then Facebook. So that brings me to Facebook. So this is kind of funny. So 
I have a private Facebook account that I do not post. And I posted the video in my private Facebook group that my oldest daughter had set up. It's not a group. I don't know all the terminology, but it's a Facebook page. She had set up about five years ago for me because we had a teacher for one of the boys that posted. She was a first grade teacher. She posted in Facebook and she kept saying, I need for you to be on Facebook. I'm posting video of the ducks hatching this week. So I did, she joined for me and I thought, you know, I'm going to put this video in my, on my Facebook page. Thanks CNN and the producers and Susan Hendricks. They were so kind. So I posted it and all of these lovely friends, family posted the nicest comments I was just, I can't even tell you how touching it was. And I realized then that a lot of people did not know that I was podcasting. So I think I had some surprise friends in other states. And I also had people who were texting me, just checking in, making sure I was doing well. So I think they had heard me talk about being in the closet crying. So I'm doing well. I'm great. That was about six years ago. And I've met so many nice people, but of course I miss the people that I don't see anymore. Long story short, posted it on Facebook, went back to add a picture. And after people added all these kind messages, I accidentally deleted all of it. Okay. So then <laughs> I went back in, reposted thinking, you know, I'm thanking these kind people at CNN. And I realized two days later that they are not even seeing the post because this is a private account. So <laughs> then, I mean, the story just gets worse. So then I get an email from Facebook claiming that my account is considered a gray account or a gray page. I can't remember how it was worded and they are going to shut down my account in two weeks. <laughs> no idea how to fix this so if you know how to fix this message me because I don't know what this is about and I have more than one Facebook page or group maybe that's the problem that I don't know so anyway that has been going on now what about Will Smith and Chris Rock that's another thing that's happened this week and BFF Gina, I cannot wait for you to meet her. We're about to go to her now because she has, she's going to introduce herself and she has a definite opinion about what happened at the Oscars. And I would love to know what your opinion is too. I love you. I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you for celebrating with me this week. Those of you who have celebrated and commented, don't forget to go and register for the contest, do all the things. I want you to have a chance to win this athletic card. And we're going to go now to Gina. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. You are in the car. I'm in the car. I don't know if it's too loud for you or not. No, you're, you're perfect. You look beautiful. Well, you're sweet. I don't feel beautiful. Well, you look beautiful. You look beautiful. Okay, so Gina, we're here with BFF Gina, 
and she is in charge of our soft news for the week. So tell us all about the Oscars. So I'm really not a celebrity follower. It just so happened that the Oscars were on and I was able to catch a glimpse of it. And the first thing I saw was Will Smith and Jada Smith. And my first thought was, my God, she is gorgeous. Look at that dress. Her figure, her, her face, everything about her just looked phenomenal. And then I went on and I didn't think anything else about it. And I thought, wait a minute, she had a shaved head. Why did she have a shaved head? And I went on and didn't think anything else about it because she was so beautiful. Who needed hair? So it wasn't until the next day that I heard and saw the episode with Will Smith and Chris Rock. And again, I thought, WTH, what happened? And why did Will Smith do that? I mean, I applaud him for defending his bride and her honor, um, but I'm not for violence. I mean, he should have handled it in a very different way. Um, he's an adult and he reacted instead of responded. So move on from that. I did not know that Jada Smith had alopecia, which is why she did not have hair. So now you have a comedian who makes fun of everyone, but in a very formal event, evidently she was not aware of, and neither was Will Smith, that he was gonna make fun of Jada and call her G.I. Joe or G.I. Jane too. Um, and I thought, that is horrible. He should not do that. I mean, everybody talks about wanting to be in a kinder world, but then we jab at people and say it's acceptable. So to me, both men were in the wrong. He should not have made fun of her, especially knowing that she had a medical issue or even if she didn't. So move on a little further. And I thought, wait a minute, I have a shaved head. I'm pissed. He made fun of me through another woman. And all the women out there that are fighting cancer or alopecia or whatever their medical issue might be should be offended by that instead of just like you saying, oh, you look beautiful today. Why are we not building each other up instead of tearing each other down? So when you and I started having a conversation, I thought this is ridiculous. I mean, I had made a choice because of the diagnosis of lymphoma to go bald. I had to shave my head. Um, my hair was probably below my shoulders. I let my grandchildren shave my head to, to let them be part of the healing process, get rid of the old so the new can come back in. Um, my dear sister bought me wig after wig after wig after cute hat after scarf after everything else. My niece is sending me great earrings because if I'm gonna be bald, I've gotta wear great earrings. And I can't wear the wigs. I wear them for about 15, 20 minutes at a time. They're hot. They're itchy. They don't feel like it's me. And I'm very authentic. I feel like when I have a wig on, I'm trying to present somebody that is not true to themselves or true to what they're going through. So I choose to go out as I am because it's right for me. It doesn't make it right for everyone. But I should not be discriminated against because I choose to do that or make fun of. So yeah. I'll show real quick. I agree. I mean, my husband, David, thought it was a gimmick. And then this morning on the news, I really saw the whole thing for the first time. And that was terrible. It was awful. Um, I've only seen it when I've gone back and looked at the clip. 
and you could tell Will was mad. And I get that. But one, don't lay your hand on another person, period. But y'all are two adults and you should be thought of in a very favorable manner, especially for our young men in this world that look up to them. Now they put themselves in a position of that's the next thing that's going to happen. Everybody's going to start open palm slapping people, which is ridiculous. Don't touch another person. Be it's kind. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, have a have a conversation off screen with that. Have a conversation about why that was inappropriate. I mean, I see where Will Smith has apologized for what happened, but I don't see an apology for Chris Rock saying to Jada, I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I didn't mean to offend you in any way. And that would be nice, not only for her, but everybody else that's struggling with hair loss, hair shaving, cancer, or whatever their medical or personal issue might be. So true. Those are so many valid points. So I don't know, Gina, have you heard what Denzel Washington's response was to this? Have you heard? I've seen just a blip of it. And I think he was disappointed in how it was handled. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is what it's rumored that he said this to Will Smith. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is, this is the quote at your highest moment. Be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. I did see that. And I think he's dead. On. Dead. on. I, dead on. I mean, people are looking for someone to on this earth, put forth as a mentor as an idol and you're at your highest point when you're at the Oscars you may be the next nominee or you may receive one and the devil just took it away from you so be on let God guide you yes yes yeah that (laughs) oh yeah those are some strong words Gina it is it is but you know me I'm I live out loud, um, which is my think song for what I'm going through and my diagnosis is be true to who I am. And hopefully through my um, diagnosis and living out loud that it will help someone else in some small way. And it will. It will. What you're doing, you're, you will encourage other women. And I, and I love that you've just said, I'm not fooling with these wigs. I love that, Gina. <laughs> Because you look gorgeous. You're so kind. Um, I do have an array of wigs. I have the Golden Girls um, that I chose after some of my favorite girlfriends. Um, My sister has brought me lime green and orange. Um, A girlfriend out of Alabama's daughter sent me what I call CNB blue, which is Citizens National Bank blue, our, our logo colors. And so I have worn those when I've gone into work for, you know, a short amount of time during this, just because I I feel like it's more fun. It gives people, um, when they see you, they don't, they stare at you going, what has she got on? But then they realize that it's not normal hair, that there's something else going on. And by my response and how I look at people, it gives them a way to engage. And I learned that very early on because I've been wheelchair bound since January 6th. And so when I would go places in a wheelchair, the looks that I would get from other people were how I would respond to them. And it dawned on me that my response when I'm hanging my head and I don't make eye contact, that they come back with more a pity me party and I'm so sorry instead of me holding my head high 
speaking, making eye contact, smiling at people, and then you get a totally different response from people. They, you make them more comfortable what you're going through, that you're okay with them looking. Yes. Well, at any time that you are yourself, you're your authentic self, it gives other people around you permission to be themselves, which puts everyone at ease. Are we still connected? So, I mean, yeah, you there? Yes, yes. <laughs> We're just in heavy traffic. I bet that's what it is. Okay, so I want I'm, this reminds me of my favorite Bible verse, and then I'll need to go to carpool pickup. <laughs> it's almost three o'clock. I can't believe it. But I love it. Okay, <laughs> I know Bible verse to pick up. So, okay, Joshua one nine. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. And you are going oh, I like that. Yes. You're going where right now? Wait, repeat that. I lost you for a second. You're on your way right now. Where are you going? You didn't tell me that. <laughs> I did not. We are headed to Houston. I have an appointment tomorrow with my orthopedic oncologist at MD Anderson. So um, we're hoping for great news that the tumor in my left leg, my femur, has been diminished. We like to call him the beast. So we're trying to kill the beast. And we're praying that he doesn't have friends, that he's dispersed in my body. Um, so I have appointments tomorrow with orthopedic um, and prayerfully we are praying that um, the beast is diminishing enough that my femur will heal because the tumor was so large it actually broke my leg um, before we got a diagnosis. I was walking on it for about six weeks in four and five inch heels before I knew something was wrong other than I had a lot of pain. Um, on Thursday, I'll have a PET scan and blood work and then on Friday, I'll meet with my lymphoma specialist. So I'm down two chemo treatments, I have four to go. Um, by the end of April, I'll be more than halfway because I have two treatments in April, um, one in May and one in June. And we just prayerfully, you know, pray that um, God is continuing to wrap his arms around me and my entire family and our friends to get us through this. Um, it certainly hadn't been an easy journey, but um, we have to look at it as a blessing because the humility and um, the humbleness that we have found through this, through our friends, acquaintances, people that we don't know that have reached out to us has reached a multitude of people in a way I never thought it would. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I'm praying for you. We're all going to be praying for you. And you have to promise me that you'll come back again next week with some more news. I will. I'd love to visit with you. Yeah, that'd be great. All right. Well, I love you. I'm going to sign off and go hop in my car and we'll see you next week. Safe journey. Love y'all. Thank you, you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Okay. So I'm happy that BFF Gina was able to join us. We're going to pray for her. I am off to carpool, but I want to say this to you. I love you. Jesus loves you even more. You know, I'm always, always cheering for you. <laughs> always have a great rest of the week and we will meet again in a couple of days thanks again for tuning in if you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way please go to apple podcast leave a review 
It would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything. Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at LifeCoachBFF. Facebook at LifeCoachBFF. And also, we have started a small private group full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs come join. We'd love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.